1: It is hour number four of the Gbag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. The discussion is raging about the quality of prison food on text, and I would love to stop down and, and read some of them, but we got a good Cowboys uh, a parade uh, segment here. The Chiefs parade is going on. We'll have highlights coming up on that in the final hour of the show, uh, audio and all that, and, and a little sports hodgepodge. But today in the morning news, Kevin Sherrington took us on a stroll down memory lane. Inside the 1993 championship parade, it's legendary. I've heard so much about it over the years, but I learned some new stuff in here. was reminded of others. Uh, many of you were there, you know, 400,000 DFW people. It was the biggest event in the history of downtown Dallas, which is saying a lot, um, you know. And that was several years ago when the population was was lower. At 877-881-1053, the text is open. It'd be interesting to hear from you. You know, some of you folks that were there, and, and your most vivid memory of that 1993 a celebration, uh, unlike any other. And I think if I could go back in time and experience anything, I think I'd want to go to this day, just to see what it was like. Half a million people out in Dallas, and it got out of control. You know, just just the observing uh, to be part of there, and and the absolute joy. You know, out of four thousand. Fourteen people went to jail. Any of those in the audience? That sounds like a relatively low number.
2: Very low number.
1: Yeah. You know, all the all the beer that was being consumed and the chaos that ensued and a vehicle caught fire. I'll give you the details on that at eight seven seven eight eight one one oh five three. Chief, you were alive during this parade, weren't you? I was not.
3: I was born uh almost a year to the day uh later. Okay. I'm in nineteen ninety four. Nineteen Well, so is the wait, I guess I'm confused. This happened in ninety three. This is in ninety three. The actual yeah. parade is in February ninety three after the ninety two season. Okay, yeah. So no, I was I was not yet born. I am looking wow. at YouTube videos of this right now. People are just running up and punching people. They're going like yeah. mosh pit style. Yeah. People are just yeah. punching other like bloody noses. Yeah. I am seeing.
1: Got out of control. It did. Um, and there, the 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 biggest group event in the history of downtown. Fifteen tons of ticker tape and confetti. Two dozen people were sent to the hospital. And a convertible carrying a cowboy caught fire. An anecdote that accurately describes the chaos of that day, a mom holding a five month old baby was steamrolled by security, trying to evacuate another injured person. <laughs> you know, she's just standing there, and, you know, obviously people unable to pay attention. It really um you know, got out of control because they underestimated how many people were going to be there. Yeah, three hundred and fifty police officers. You had another 110 on standby. They were called in. You brought the total to 460. They were totally overwhelmed. There were 100 people for every officer. And um, a few officers begged TV reporters not to interview players in the cars because it was slowing down the pace.
2: But... um, but, I th- but, I, th- I think they had a deal a situation too where people were running up to the cars yeah. and grabbing the jewelry off the players.
1: Yes, and and Emmett Smith said at one point he yeah. took off his jewelry and put it in his pockets yeah. because he was afraid of that. He said a woman tried to yank him out of a car and kiss him at one point.
3: Yeah, cuz that's what I'm noticing here is like nowadays you see these guys they're up on these yeah. double decker, they're up high so no no fan that's there could really even reach them. You could like toss them beers nowadays, but looking at the videos here, these are just everyday convertible kind of cars and so they're like eye level with the fans that are right there so the the amount of touching and interaction with the players is ridiculous and this must must have been the height of the foam finger because it seems as though every single fan is going blue cowboy foam finger
1: uh okay dart buses were hijacked says the 214 to elsewhere disd let the kids out it was a lot of kids fighting and attacking people that's crazy Uh, uh, I was six years old. It's my earliest memory. Um, I, I saw the vehicle catch fire due to the confetti buildup. Okay, so that's another really important thing here. Like, there was so much confetti and ticker tape, it was into the tons, like thirteen tons of it. And at some point, it got so thick that people couldn't drive. Like, you had to stop driving. That's when I believe a lot of the fans rushed the vehicles. And then there's a little bit of confusion in in the story by the morning news. They don't know if somebody started the fire or the ticker tape and the confetti on the still vehicles like caught fire in the engine or something. But whatever the case, you did have, uh, I believe, a a Corvette convertible catch fire. I'm
3: not going to lie. you looking at these videos right now on YouTube of this parade. If I didn't know any better, I was I would think this is this is a Philadelphia championship parade. Yeah. Yeah. But they wouldn't know anything about that at this point in, in life, right? 90s, yeah. they're not going to know anything about championship parades over there. No,
1: they're they're still in the dark on that one. Russell Maryland told reporters it was like parades in Miami after the Hurricanes won the championships except on steroids. And he he said he felt like a catalyst could have been the, the confetti that was everywhere and made it impossible to see. And he, he was afraid that somebody would get run over if they drove. So like the... The caravan had to stop, and he said people were great to him and all the players. They just wanted to high-five and holler, how about them Cowboys, over and over and over again. Um, Sherrington says, everywhere you look down on Commerce, the view was the same. Crowds massed on both sides of the narrow street and backed up between buildings. People hanging out of parking garages, people hanging out of windows, people hanging from streetlights, people standing on buses and cars and traffic signs. And here's the story. One minute, Charles Dodgen was driving Eric Williams, the O lineman in his 90s uh, Corvette. <laughs> next minute, people are standing on his Corvette. So many people, in fact, the wheel well squatted on the tires. People were standing on his vet and, 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 and compressed it to the point that it wouldn't move, which may have contributed to what happened next. Either the heat from underneath the sports car ignited, the confetti piling up on the street, or someone deliberately set the fire. Uh, Brian you weren't here were you no, I was were in, you in
2: town I was in Green Bay I was in Green Bay for that one But yeah I remember I remember all the talk about it though That that it was my experience with the parades we landed from New Orleans and the minute we landed back in Green Bay we yeah. got we went right on the buses and had the parade
1: Well that's crazy cuz that, it must have been cold yeah, yeah
2: we were and what happened was we weren't nobody had jackets so the fans were giving us their jackets so all the players and coaches, and everybody were wearing these like big orange hunting parkas and stuff like that because it was an open air situation with the buses. Mm-hmm. And like I remember, Andy Reid had on like a, a Wisconsin state trooper, like with the yeah. fur, fur collar. And that all was that. bad planning. Yeah, that that was. No, really we bad went, to come we home went straight and, from yeah. the airport. Onto to buses for a parade. Wow. Dude. Yeah. It ended up at Lambeau Field. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, Dawson, that is one cop for every thousand people, not 100. Thank you. That was horrible math. 214. Yep, that's true, Gavin. I was the five-month-old baby. Well, thanks for being in the audience, uh, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. Probably around Chiafalo's age. Okay. Uh, look at this over here on line one. Our very own Chris Arnold is joining us now here in the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan, a veteran reporter and, and talk show host and a huge member of the DFW sports community over the years. Now, Chris, by my understanding, you were in that parade, weren't you?
4: Yes, I was. Good evening, good hey. afternoon, gentlemen. How's it going?
1: Man, we're we're doing great. Uh, thank you so much for calling and, and providing a little bit of perspective on, on this because you were... You were working uh, on that day, weren't you? You were one of these reporters that was, was interviewing players as the parade was going on? Exactly.
4: In fact, let me kind of set it up for you and explain this. By, by the way, this was one of the most amazing parades. and I've been, to, I've been to all the big sports parades that they've had down here, Mavericks, Stars, the Cowboys parades before that, I mean, after that. And it's, this one was just on another level. But this is what kind of did the planners in wrong. Now, four years earlier, the city of Dallas had a parade for Tom Landry when he was let go, okay. and it was on a Saturday, and they had the floats and the f- flatbed trucks, and they had the players in different years that were Landry's players from the 60s and the 70s. It, was, it went like clockwork, and there was a crowd, I don't know, maybe 50,000, 40,000. It was nice on a Saturday morning. For this parade, the Cowboys won the Super Bowl, but half the team got invited to the Pro Bowl, And the Pro Bowl was a week later. Mm. So they had more than enough time to plan this thing out because the players went to the Pro Bowl, and then they came back, and this parade was scheduled on a weekday. It was a beautiful day just like today. It was not a cloud in the sky. It was crisp. It was beautiful. And where they screwed up was instead of having floats, they gave every player their own convertible. It was like every player was sitting on a sports car. Hmm. which was low to the ground. The other mistake they had, you were mentioning about the, uh, they didn't have enough police because they didn't expect the crowd to be that big. The other mistake was they had the barricades made. There was those, uh, those uh, wooden horses, as opposed to the steel barricades. You follow me? Yeah. You can yeah. knock those wooden horses down. Oh yeah. So the cars, we started this thing off at the site of Reunion arena and then they made their way back to downtown and this was epic because of all of the ticker tape. I mean, it was snowing ticker tape, and the the the, the uh, cars were moving slow. Not because the crowd was doing anything wrong initially, but the slower the pace was, and I guess they were just because sh- the fans were just going crazy, and but they weren't doing anything deliberate. They were, they were just waving, and then I, it, was, it was getting kind of scary because you could see there was not that many police there was only these wooden barricades and the crowd just kept wanting to pat these guys on the back. Yeah. And so it was, it was getting kind of scary. Cause it was like, what if something bad were to happen, but nothing bad was happening. And so they made their way down to city hall where, you know, they made some speeches and whatnot. It took a long, long time. And at this time, and I, I walked the entire parade route because I was following a car. I was going from like a couple of cars to a couple of cars Ken Norton Jr. was in a car by himself. In fact, when it first started, Troy Aikman was in a car by himself, but he, he wanted somebody to be with him. He said, Chris, go get – tell him get Jason. We yeah. so had Garrett sit in the car with him. Uh-huh. I told him, Garrett, go up there and jump the car with him. And then most of the players had two two players with him. But Ken Norton didn't have anybody with him. Emmett didn't have anybody with him. Haley didn't have anybody with him. So it, it snakes through the downtown Dallas on Commerce. And like I said, it was a blizzard of ticker tape. The crowds were just happy. They weren't mad. They weren't drunk because it was in the middle of the day. Yeah. They, they weren't hammered. It was just pandemonium. Just, it was literally, no, it wasn't pandemonium yet. It was okay. Just, they were just surging, but they were happy. And literally, think about this. This was like a week and a half after the Super Bowl. So it wasn't like everybody's going deliriously crazy. They were just glad that the Cowboys had won a Super Bowl for like first time in since the 70s. And then as they got closer to, Downtown uh, to the uh, City Hall Plaza, that's when it kind of stopped because everybody was in the streets patting these guys on the back or, you know, kind of just not shoving. And then th- th- when they say, okay, it got kind of he or got kind of crazy or people were fighting or whatever, that was when the parade was over. Yeah. And I was there for the whole thing and I was doing some stuff with Channel 8 as well. I was K104, Channel 8. And I I had already parked at Channel 8. And so when the parade was over, I make my way back to Channel 8. Where the fighting was going on was at the bus station and by that McDonald's over there. Because all the kids from school were playing hooky. They got on the buses to get down. They're like, it's the Cowboys parade. Who knew when they'd ever go to the Super Bowl again? So all these (laughs) kids were out there. And some of them were like fighting in some of the fast food places down there, not fast food places, McDonald's. And I think there's like a 7 Eleven down there, or a mom and pop shop. And, you know, if you, if you, I think you started off the segment putting it in perspective. If it was as bad as, and I've been to a lot of them, I was in, I was in Chicago when the Bulls won, and they burned burning the city down. I was in Boston when the Celtics won. They burned that city down. I was in New York. They had the perfect parade when the New York Rangers won the Stanley Cup. This parade, you set a perspective. Only 14 people were arrested. Yeah. Said two dozen people went to the hospital. Out of 400,000 people, and a lot of it was just cuts and scrapes, there was nobody, oh, I got stabbed. There was nobody. There was no gunshots, no players hurt. So, it was so you're telling us that the, the, the,
1: the idea that it was it was out of control or a bad thing is, is inaccurate. That shouldn't be the memory of that parade. It, it was an overall positive.
4: Exactly. At the end there, there was some chaos a little bit, but it wasn't like, oh, my God. Because I, I seriously think about it. In these days, you... This is Texas. People can carry a gun. Nobody had a gun. Nobody was shooting anybody. Nobody was stabbing anybody. There were some fights that broke out the, at the end, but it was not Philadelphia where people were eating horse crap. It <laughs> <was> <laughs> yeah, it was kids. It was kids had, being kids. Yeah, yeah, it was some teenage kids. And so, on the whole, I have to say it was it was somewhat scary because I felt bad for the players because, like, literally everybody just wanted to hug them. Yeah, and I don't think I've never heard a player say. His jury got stolen. I heard they were worried because yeah. you pat him on the back, but nobody ever said the jury got stolen. So again, if you look at it on the whole, it was a hell of a parade. But here's what happened: because that parade was not handled correctly with a number of police officers, the barricades weren't right. They went overboard the next parade. Huh. They had all these guys on flatbed trucks. It was a cold, cl- it was a cold, rainy kind of day. That parade might have lasted forty minutes because they zipped them around. Those flatbeds were going. I mean, it was like, let's just get it over with. It was, it was like, just get it over with. And I just felt bad for the yeah. fans who did show up. It wasn't mean, that many fans. It was like, oh, we don't want to go downtown. It might get dangerous. There, there might have been, I don't know, fifty thousand fans for the next one. And the next one it was like that. that the, the they the, killed uh, it. That was the best. I was gonna say, that was the best parade that I think I've ever seen downtown Dallas although there was chaos at the very end. But the Dallas Mavericks had the perfect parade where you know, oh, love yeah. in the air, and then the Dallas Stars had the coolest parade because they had Pantera blasted and they had their own float and the Stanley Cup had its own float. But it was just kind of cold that day.
1: You're the man, C.A. Thanks for your memories. Any Anything else from that before we let you go?
4: Um, no, it goes Cowboys. It, it, all I can say is, it's fun to think about it. they just need to do it again who knows when they'll ever get a chance to do it again but it, it was a, a great memory i will say that
1: yes sir thank you man have a great night there he is chris arnold here on 1053 the fan he was working that day and uh has some great perspective the 469 chris arnold's memory is worth its weight in gold you're right about that man he, he has seen everything in uh, in dfw sports for like the last 45 years he he really has and it's 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 awesome that when we can call upon him and have him share some of those uh, insights with us we got to run time to hit the expressway 35 minutes of uninterrupted sports content bobby belt's gonna join you la live is around the corner as well with lucius here on 105.3 the fan Hey, welcome back. It is the G Bag Nation here on 1053 The Fan. Hope you're having a great day. It's time to hit the expressway. We get you 35 minutes of uninterrupted content. LA Live Alusha's coming up here in about 15, 20 minutes got yeah, uh, bob belt coming up here in just a few minutes as well expressway time what's been breaking throughout your broadcast day jacob Degrom didn't throw day one of pitchers and catchers he has an oblique situation sounds like a little side injury they said it's more precautionary brian with it being cold i guess it was under 40 this morning and it was a little wet there in surprise arizona but uh, it's tough you know we had sands on last hour and he reminded us of that day and uh in 2015, when, when we heard you Darvish had a little strained yeah. triceps and it, it turned out to be he needed Tommy John surgery. So we'll keep our fingers crossed for the best there with Mr. DeGrom.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Be out there in a couple of weeks, though. Looking forward to that. Stoked. Talking it was to
3: everybody. A 54-minute time lapse between the Rangers tweeting out the DeGrom don't, don't entering remind. the facilities of spring Please. training, P's and C's. Here Stop. we go. Uh, 54 minutes later, it was Levi Weaver breaking the news on Twitter that DeGrom was going to be out for uh, a couple of days. And,
2: and a minute later, uh, our Mets' Tolo was uh, welcoming us to... Mets' life of being a, a DeGrom a fan, fan, basically. Yeah, 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 exactly.
1: We just need to get into the playoffs with him healthy. Please you do. know. And, and he, could, he could win two games per series easily. Maybe even three if you get a little snow or something. Latest news, <laughs> uh, Mavs are listing Kyrie as questionable tonight with a stiff back. Final game before the All-Star break, maybe a a time to shut him down, but get a few days extra rest and, you know, make sure you are good to go for coming out of the post uh, the uh, the playoff uh, uh, All-Star break. So, uh, yeah, I I guess they resume next Wednesday, next Thursday, something like that. So he could get he could get a week and a half off and maybe that'd be perfect for him right about now. Uh, Woj has said again he expects Kyrie to remain a Maverick. Are you banking that? What do you think this means that we're getting this report right here so early in, in his Maps tenure?
3: I think people are banking on the relationship that Kyrie has with Jason Kidd and Nico Harrison uh, that will have Kyrie wanting to stay here and at least give him some level of hope that it can work even if it doesn't end, in, like this season doesn't end the way you would necessarily want it to. And the other thing is, is Kyrie wants to be paid the ultimate amount of money that he can possibly get. And so that's he, he can do that by being here with the Mavericks, and then if he wants to be traded down the line, he's secured his bag, his contract, and then he can force his way out, like we've seen guys do time and time again. Yeah, that's a good point. Make yeah. sure you get that cashola, and then ask for the trade that could be a popular move. And that's banking on, uh, and that's Woj banking on the Mavericks not wanting to uh, elect to not give him the contract. Yeah,
1: I don't know how how you could be so talent poor over the years and desperately needing a secondary star for all of Dirk's career pretty much you got him a nice assemblage of talent to win a championship but he never had a true superstar in his prime to play with you got one and I'd be willing to deal with with uh, with a lot of stuff in order to uh, keep him and I believe Woj is hearing similar stuff like it's a good start they're off on the right foot no doubt and I think it's key that you're, you're good friends and, and have a, a, a good rapport with Kid and, and Nico because with people that you like and have great history with, when you come up to a problem, you have history of working through things together, yeah. right? So you can go to them like calmly and be like, yeah, you know, got an issue here. What do you think about this? I might be here. I might be there. If it's somebody you don't like or don't trust – it can turn into fireworks instantly, mm-hmm. and now you have a moment where it could you know, change the whole uh, trajectory of of the relationship. So I think Kid and Nico really might be a secret weapon. Brian, I know your sources were telling you they felt like Jason Kidd in this situation here was maybe one of the few in the entire league that could provide stability, and I think we're seeing early returns on that.
2: Yeah, they, that was the one thing that they they hinged this whole uh, trade on was the fact that the relationship that Kidd – You know, has with uh, with Kyrie and his ability, and then you know, Kyrie, his idol growing up was Jason Kidd as a player. Wow! And so you know, the opportunity for him to play for him, you know, and and that he can work with Kidd, that was the that was the main reason why they tried to they pulled this trade off.
1: Justin Holiday officially signed. Okay, so they have uh, some uh, some wing depth. Six time NBA champion, Goat Jordan is celebrating his 60th birthday Friday. I'll be uh, celebrating my birthday Saturday, one day off from the greatest of all time. He made a $10 million donation to the Make-A-Wish Foundation, largest donation ever received by an individual in that organization's 43-year history. He's, he's been working with them since 1989, and he says he's loved over the years having an opportunity to give kids a, a, a wish, you know, make, make that wish c- come true. To me, I think, I don't know if I could do that, you know? It would be so sad. I, I think I would be overwhelmed with, with some of these stories. So I salute those of you that have the strength and the bravery to go into incredible situations like that. I know they say the kids inspire yeah. them and I bet they get strength and, and but but boy, I, I would I would be terrified that I would I would break down and, and you know make it awkward for the kid,
2: I think. Well the thing that uh I, I know working out at the star uh this this past season, every Friday was make a wish day yeah and so they would have you know sometimes not just one but two two kids show up for that and it was the families together and all that it was and the players i i always, any interaction that the players had i i think the players that was you know it was something about these kids that these players they this that responds it it, it gets them to where they they can you know they can put on that 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 face you know and like you're talking about worry about breaking down and stuff that yeah. I'm sure they get affected by it but that but they also want to be strong for these kids. Absolutely. You know?
1: And they're heroes for it. They really yeah. are. Yeah. 214 don't let Jordan outdo you Gavin. What's your donation? I'll do something. You know, we got we got to figure something out. Uh, but I think that's a good idea. Uh, okay, Tiger Woods played 16 holes, walked 18 in the Genesis Invitational pro am this morning, uh, first public round since missing the cut at last year's Open Championship in St Andrews. He'll play with Justin Thomas and Rory in the first two rounds of the the tournament starting Thursday. Arriving at Riviera, Riviera. Country Club yeah. Yeah. Wednesday before sunrise, practice at the range. So hopefully he'll be he'll be good to go. But he says he's rusty.
2: Now this is the Genesis Open. This is the same place where he had his crash. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah.
1: Okay, we've come totally full circle on that. Yeah, yeah. Texas prosecutor moved to dismiss a felony a domestic violence against former Longhorns coach Chris Beard. Uh, his, his wife uh, does not want to uh, further charges. She is uh, saying that uh, Beard acted in self-defense. And mm-hmm. that she never wanted him prosecuted. Too late. Which, uh, it should be too late, you know, uh, yeah. if, if if that's what you want to do. But that's how the rules are, are set up. And unfortunately, there's always a lot of regret. And, and uh, you know, that's how a lot of these stories go.
2: Fiance, girlfriend here? I don't know if it was a wife situation there. I think it was... I think I, maybe a I,
1: fiancé, my bad. Yep. Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. It is time now f- to catch up with our Cowboys insider, Bobby Belt here on 105.3 The Fan. And uh, good evening, Bobby. Uh, what's shaking?
5: Uh, not a lot. I, I just I, I, I want to I revisit, Gavin, our, our conversation at Super Bowl.
4: Which about was, not drinking till we, 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 we training camp.
5: In with, we just let in with Make-A-Wish kids and domestic violence, and then it was let's go to Bobby. But I know <laughs> yeah. the old retired newsman from Washington <laughs> yeah. uh, taught you how to layer. It just it, like I always feel so sad when I come. Paul to talk Hansen. Through. You, you, you yeah paul hansen paul yeah. hansen damn you 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 hit me right in the heart every single time
1: one forces, general we share the same birthday okay H- happy birthday everybody coming up on, on saturday uh, looking forward to myself uh now bob uh people are wondering as well on the text if if you followed through on that no drink until training camp thing you said you were going to join me here on uh, on team sobriety for a while
5: i have so far so far so far
3: no uh no Vino last night with yeah, wifey with for the, Valentine's Yeah Day. you and the, you and the no, missus. No,
5: I'll be i I'll be honest, I was asleep before ten o'clock last night. I went to, I we we went to we took the kids out to dinner with us and then I uh I got home, we watched the show for a little bit, I got tired and I went to bed.
1: You so. don't sound confident you're gonna make it to Oxnard, sir.
5: Oh, i I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make it. I'll make it like earlier this morning Sean was trying to say, You're not gonna make it And then I had to say, like, all right, well, then I'll make it through the end of the season. Like, I just keep, like, digging myself in further unnecessarily. It's what I do. It's how I lose such massive, like, personal bets all the time is because I dig in beyond, like, reasonable expectations.
1: Well, uh, that's what we love you, Bobby. Now, we have a free agency starting in one month, right? It'll be 3 o'clock Texas time on March 15th. We are uh, one month away. What's the outlook right now for the Cowboys? Are they going to have any cap space? And is there any hope that this is going to be an offseason where they pursue? Like, we've we've been hoping for uh, Deron Payne and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Let's do it.
5: Uh, I mean, Der- Deron Payne would be great. You know who I, I might like more than DeAndre Hopkins, though, who I think would probably be more affordable. There's probably a greater risk involved, but I think could fit if you want to start, like, trying to put in some of these West Coast concepts or whatever. I think Keenan Allen would be interesting if he gets cut, um, or Adam Thielen, for that matter, and not just because he complimented my golf game on uh, Radio Row. But uh, I think that Adam Thielen and Keenan Allen would be two interesting Once Deron Payne's really good. Where they're at right now, they're about $6 million in the red. Um, and so they they've got several switches they can flip to free up money. Uh, if you release Tyron Smith before June 1st, you can save nine million or nine and a half million. If you uh, release Zeke, you know pre June 1, it's 4.8. Post June 1, it's 10.9. Um, you can get as much as 22 million in savings from restructuring Dak. I think that number is close to I think 11 million off the top of my head for Zach Martin if you restructure him. Um, you could conceivably free up even more if you do a contract extension on deck, um, which is something that Stephen Jones kind of referred to. But one of the interesting ones that I, I'm curious about, if they'll, they'll explore it at all. First off, the, the other one you can have, and, and this is one to kick around as well, 4.2 million. If you release Dorrance Armstrong before June 1st, which Dorrance Armstrong played okay at the beginning of the season. I thought he trailed off at the end. I think he had some inflated sack numbers um, that didn't really reflect exactly how well that he played. And so, do you look at it and go, I'd rather have that $4 million to spend somewhere? So that's another place to look. But the interesting thing I'm curious about is you can't save any money right now by releasing DeMarcus Lawrence or Michael Gallup. There, there's nothing to be had there. But if you were to trade either of them before June 1st, if you could find somebody that was interested in taking them on, you would be able to save $6 million off the cap before June 1st with either one of them. And if you could find somebody to take DeMarcus Lawrence, You know, in June, if you wanted to make that trade, you're talking about clearing up 15 million. And Michael Gallup in June, it would be 11 million. And so they've got these. To me, I think the likeliest ways that they free up money is a restructure or extension for Dak, a restructure for Zach Martin, a release of Tyron Smith pre June one and then Zeke a release and they just have to determine if they want to do the pre June one or, or post June one designation if they want the money right away. But if you do those four moves, you're talking about, you know, fifty two million right there that you freed up, giving yourself forty six million in cap space. So uh those are some of the ways that they can do it there. But I would be interested to see if anybody out there would be interested in in, you know, dealing for DeMarcus Lawrence or Michael Gallup.
2: Bobby, what's the last thing that you think they want to do of all the things that you walked us through?
5: Um, I think if they could just wave a magic wand and not have it hurt them so much currently, it would probably be Dak's contract. Yeah, me too. Like, I think I think they'd rather not mess with it at all, but yeah. they know that functionally they have to. Um, So that's the one that they, they probably least want to do, and it's the one they most probably have to do. Uh, and so, that that's probably where they're at. That on some of the other ones, I think it's going to hurt them to walk away from Tyron and Zeke from a, just a like, oh man, you you've done so much for this organization. But I think at the end of the day, they're going to evaluate and go, this money's more valuable to us than these players right now. And so I think that that's something that they'd welcome. Um, and then Zach Martin. I don't think it kills you to restructure him, shuffle some money around. But the one that I think they'd least want to do is probably mess with Dak's contract because it's just such a large dollar figure.
1: Do you think they're trying to draft a quarterback in the next two drafts that could possibly replace Dak?
5: I mean, they've talked, you know, about how they, they want to invest in quarterback, you know, um, regardless that they, they want to invest more capital in that position on, on lottery tickets of sorts. So, um, you know, I don't know, is that Hendon hooker in the second round or something maybe, Mm -hmm. um, they, they've invested in quarterback to some degree, not high capital, but to some degree going back to 2016, uh, almost every year. They, they drafted Dak in the fourth round. They you know brought Cooper Rush in here to compete as an undrafted free agent. They drafted Mike White. They drafted Ben DiNucci. Like they've, they've tried to put they, – they claimed Will Greer. Like They've put some attention to let's try and grab some of these lottery tickets. None of them have clearly uh, panned out yet. The one that's come closest to panning out. Uh, honestly, may have been Mike White, who's not even here. And so um, I, I think that it's it, it. I think they are just all in on the idea of like let's invest. And you know, if it's the uh, the the like New England Patriots old way of doing things, draft Garoppolo, uh, draft uh, gosh, whoever it was, I'm, I'm blanking now. The the quarterback they ended out with Brian Hoyer. Yeah, uh, yeah, Hoyer. Yeah, so draft Brian Hoyer. Like I think that. They like the idea that, especially after what they saw from Cooper Rush last year, like the fact that they saw that Cooper Rush was able to mm. be solid and then build up some value. I think they like the idea of, man, it'd be nice to have one of those lottery tickets. Maybe we got a guy who does that in his rookie year, and then we've got three years to potentially build up value and shop him around and or, or just have him here as protection.
1: So when you were going through their possible moves, it, it didn't sound like a lot or easy decisions can we totally rule out a big shopping spree and a, and a Jerry going for it in Dak's final two years of his contract situation?
5: Look, I mean Jerry talked more openly about spending than he has in in recent years when he was out at the Senior Bowl. So I wouldn't like completely rule it out, but I also I need to see it before I'll believe it, or or I'll need to you know I'll need to hear from like when I, when I go to Indy later uh, or early next month. I'll need to talk to like people who are saying, no, they're, they're serious. Like they're sitting here on these buses and they're, they're laying the groundwork. They're ready. And so I'll need to hear that before I I really believe, you know, just something that Jerry said at, at, you know, senior bowl, which is, you know, also that, yeah, Zeke is going to be back next year. Yeah. Tyron's going to be, it's okay. All right. We'll see. And so I, that would be my position on it for now. It's a possibility, but I, I refuse to believe it's a likelihood until I start hearing more tangible evidence behind the scenes.
1: Did you really say this morning that if you didn't like Tony Romo, you don't know football?
5: Uh, I did not say quote? that. Okay. I did not say that. I will say, to be honest, because like, we all know I like to bust on the Romo thing. Yeah. Romo used to be the the easy litmus test to me for people if they knew football or not though like if they thought romo sucked you okay you're just you don't pay attention if you think romo's good okay you wow. you understand the game a little bit
3: so you're not boozing for the the Adam Sandler stand up show tonight so are you dd'ing for Sean uh
5: no no i'm uh, i'm 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 dd'ing for my wife
3: hmm. oh it's so a it's a I'll couples night out
5: yeah so she she's going to be well we're going separately we're not going together and uh, so yeah well, we're we're lot of times rough Uh, no 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 i'm going with her i'm saying i'm not going with sean it's not a couple's date. so uh i mean i may see sean out there but yeah it'll be uh it'll be more me dd for her so that she can drink and you know and tolerate you yeah you know
3: all
1: right bob well she'll be drinking for two i hope we're holding (laughs) you i'll keep you accountable there he is bobby belt anything else before we let you go
5: I uh, just said I love you
1: all. Love you too. He's Bobby Belt. Most follow on Cowboys Twitter. It's time now for LA Live. Into the Pimp Cup we go. Here's Lucius.
5: Uh,
0: let's see. I have headlines for you, boys, and a question for the Tolos right after the great Rick James.
4: all right, you <laughs> squares. <laughs> it's time
0: to smoke. Fire up this spark <laughs> have a toe. It'll make you dance some of everything. Yes, yes. L.A. Live for February 15th, 2023. I got a question for the Tolos right off the rib. What did you learn too late in life? What did you learn too late in life? You're like, man, if I just would have known that. I'd be killing these boys out here. I would be him. They'd be calling me Hemiphy. <laughs> Hemiphy. <You>
3: know, <laughs> I, but what did you learn a little too late in life? Football was just going to absolutely tear my body apart, man. If yeah, I could yeah. run it back, I'd have done just more baseball, more basketball, something. But the amount of back and knee pain that I'm dealing with, it's all football related. Yeah. Uh,
1: on that note, should have worn ankle braces. And uh, uh, the old timers were always telling me, don't play on concrete basketball courts. But I'd be like, hey... There's a game at the park. It's on asphalt. It's on concrete. And I paid for it by the time I was 24. I was barefoot
3: yeah. in the driveway getting buckets. And it's just the <laughs> dumbest thing yeah. I could have ever done in my whole
1: life. Yeah. find you a good, uh, good court. My mom was like, as long as
3: you're not just wearing your socks, I'm fine. Barefoot or shoes, but no just socks out there. The yeah. holes in the socks was a huge issue in my house for a long time.
1: Lucius, to go deep, Uh, I didn't realize I was this much of an introvert. And I always... Uh, try to drink to be social, <laughs> wow. and if I could have been, re- if I could have just realized, hey, you know, maybe it's just not for you. Maybe the reason you're not having as much fun as everybody is, it's just not as fun to you, right? And you should stop trying to get to that level by by drinking seventeen. Self-awareness beers. is crazy, you know? bro. Yeah, I didn't realize it. Strength. Time.
2: Yep. I think fighting Bill Parcells wasn't good for my career. That was bad. That was bad for my career. If I would have known
0: punching Bill Parcells yeah. would cost me this much, yeah.
2: If I just, if I just would have just kept my mouth shut. I would've been all right. He just wouldn't have made fun of his fupa to his face, man. Yeah. I, just, him I fought him way too, much, way too many times. You much. can't show up the king, bro. You can disagree with the king. I, I you know what? Nowadays, I would have just kept my mouth shut. I would've just gone into my office, closed the door, watched film, wrote reports, but I I had to prove a point to him, you know, and that that cost me my opportunity. It really really did.
0: Well, if you see anything on the fan text, you fellas, do, do not be afraid to read it. I'm going to get some of these answers from the Tolos. Is there the anything
2: Tolos. about marriage? Something? I mean, is something about marriage? i see you...
0: seen somebody say, don't marry for money. You learn yeah. not to marry for money. Yeah, I don't know about that, fam. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, You're
1: not going to find a magical love that's going to be perfect, that will be better than money. It's always going to be a work to make that relationship go. So don't think that you're going to fall in love with the Disney uh, spouse and everything's going to be perfect every day, right? right? Get somebody that makes a lot of money
0: and work on that relationship. Go to couples counseling. It's the best way. What did you learn a little too late in life? Uh, Tolo said, Don't trust a fart. Oh, you has got in. comedians. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how important it is to budget. Very important to budget. Yes,
2: I, I, I lose track.
0: Of that. I'm I'm struggling with that one. Yeah, I I still. I, yeah. 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 Oh, I was like, oh, the money's getting low. Let's let's oh. do something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. nobody <laughs> spend money for six yeah. days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's low. That's, that's that's the yeah. budget. Everybody. <laughs> chill yeah. out. I roll, like two I really three do. days in a row each yeah. month. We just don't eat and yeah. we're good. Yeah. Uh, what did you learn a little too late in life? Uh, investing, insurance. Oh, investing and the insurance industry. Sorry about that. Yeah. Investing and the insurance yeah. industry.
2: 401k stuff if you're young try and get into that you can absolutely that's
0: early live your life for yourself yep. it's Man. never too late to learn anything
2: yes that's, that's a good point
0: actions speak louder than words that's a fact, that a fact. it's that's a talking word. business and people talk a lot if you surround yourself with negative people your dreams will die being loyal to the wrong people will set you back years what you to say?
3: That no, I was just saying, yeah, yeah that, that's true, the, the, the negativity. And, uh, and vice versa, you surround yourself with positive people, all of a sudden you feel like you could conquer damn near anything. It's anything. amazing, dude. Uh, college is a scam for most people, says the
1: 214. Woo. It is getting pretty scammy with how much it costs with these student loans. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you if, it, if it's not going to deliver you into an industry where you're making a comfortable enough money to, to pay off that loan, that can be bad. Yeah, I, I I think there's a conspiracy involved in that one. Always go for the V8, Lucius. I like that. I like that, 903. The V8?
0: Yeah, let's get the V8. Okay. All right. Yeah, I ain't mad at that. I juice in the morning, but it's the same thing. Same thing. <laughs> uh, what did you learn a little too late in life? The biggest risk is not taking a risk at all. Uh, yep. Your mindset is your greatest asset. That's right. Yep. And so your attitude determines your latitude. That's right. Yep. Speak uh, things into existence like right. that. Uh, you are your own boss. Okay. Uh, that strippers really don't love you. Okay. Hey, that's, that's sad. That's a hard one. To oh, that's yeah, a 214. That yeah, that's yeah, Walchuk that, that for that sure. Yeah, I learned that too. The bigger the hoop, the bigger the hoe. I learned that. Oh, the <laughs> earrings? Yeah. Okay. Bitch, you got the big old hoops on there. <laughs> he mm. got hula hoops on her ears. I never
2: thought that. The bigger just the hoops, that one. The bigger now. the hoe.
0: Yeah. Please don't forget. You guys are going to forget right in front of my face. <laughs> and credit hoops, scores. Hose, hoops, hoops, hoes, All got right. Uh, G back the day. We do it every day here at 2.30 on the fan. <laughs> Our winner is, is your stick sick? <laughs> is your stick sick, fellas? This is after, real. You didn't edit this? No, nah, I just let it fly, bro. Dang this it. is you. This is All you. Right. This is magic in the moment. Let's go.
1: They found Men's Tea Clinic with a mission to help every man live their best life. And they've accomplished that mission. They just continue to stack dubs, and, uh, and we benefit. So if you're sick of being stuck in low gear or you are feeling
0: sick. Come on, man. <laughs> stick is sick or stuck in low
3: gear. I'm going to have to charge Men's T-Clinic for that. Yeah, you better let them know that's you got
0: that on deck right there. I think yeah, we need dude. a
2: T-shirt made with that on
3: there. Might need to. Shout out to the 105 Through the Fan Pro Shop that's going yeah. down right now. You yeah. can get your hands uh, on all sorts of fan gear. We need to add that to the T-shirt yeah. list. I mean, the bow- the way you bounce back from that truly is, that's a store. That's the testosterone right there. It's the mental clarity. Keeps you sure. Know, even when you fumble, it's like, boom, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Pick it up and
1: still
0: score the touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> Headlines for you, boys. Fort Worth resident won $20 million on a scratch-off ticket. Let's Holy smokes. Where?
2: scratch-off? Where what? did you do that?
0: Cleburne Food Mart. Cleburne, 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 oh, Cleburne, the Cleburne. Jo-co. Cleburne Food Mart on Cleburne Road in Fort Worth. $100 wow. ticket. It was a $100 ticket she purchased, but now she's got $20 million. After the government, you know, gets their little old Oh on. She's she going to get, what, 10? Close to. Uh, yeah, 10, yeah. that's great. The trailer park's going to be jumping for the next eight months. Congratulations wow. to the government on winning the lottery. <laughs> uh, the $20 million Supreme is the name of the game. $20 million Supreme ticket. Wow. Three of the four have been uh, claimed, so there's one left out there, people. It's like Willy Wonka. There's okay. one left out there. Okay. You're looking for the golden the ticket. The golden ticket. you
4: looking
1: yeah. for it. What are you doing in the morning if you win? You texting your buddies to let them know? I'm or? going straight
0: to Austin. Oh, yes. In the car, going get straight to Austin. you going to pick it up. Getting that dressed, going shoulder. straight to Austin. Yeah, y'all Calling give me in sick. money, Graham, whatever you need to get me, brother. Send it over to my Venmo. I don't care. Let
1: me get that bread, though. I kind of want to, after I do that, I would kind of want to continue my life and just kind of cruise through and see who tries to mess with me. And then just, like, try to try to live my normal life, but in the back, I'm laughing because I have $20 million. Yeah. And I'm like, I dare somebody, you know, to, yeah. to just... To try to mess with me, I'll quit right in front of you. You know, yeah. yeah just, just the the shock it on people's faces, like screw you, I don't need this job.
3: Yeah, you know, bro.
1: just always having that in your back pocket. Yeah. You never know
2: when I'm just gonna slap it on the table yes. and be like,
1: I got twenty million dollars.
2: B word, Gavin. We need you to record those spots, please. Yeah, yeah, that ain't happening. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Way to stereotype uh, uh, Cleburne general. Cleburne's my people. Okay, I love Cleburne. It's on doing? the record. Cleburne and Burleson, the entire county. I love you. You know. Your big Yellow Jackets guy. Uh, I, yeah, uh, I was just—that was just a joke. It was a stupid joke
0: too. So sorry about that. Six eight two. It was a great
3: joke, bro.
0: More headlines for you. Uh, this now this is like a month old, but I'm just now catching wind to this. Uh, downtown Miami condo situation. It's a high rise condo, luxury condo, right next door to a jail. And the inmates go outside, bro. on... <laughs> <laughs> on the on the recess, little situations, right? Yeah, and
2: we're looking through windows. And They can
0: look right at the pool. They got a fire view of the pool. Yeah, yeah. Dang, ladies yeah. out there, you know, just getting their pool on. Yeah, and then there's some inmates
3: yeah. catcalling, getting their own pool on.
0: <laughs> you yeah, pay like twenty five hundred pocket <that's-> pool. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's crazy.
5: <laughs> Listen to this story, man. Miami ten. <laughs> Tonight, people living in a downtown Miami high-rise say they've been robbed of their relaxation.
3: The building sits in the
1: shadow over the federal detention center, and they say their incarcerated neighbors are disturbing the peace. You definitely get what you pay for. But this particular amenity was very much unanticipated. There was inmates literally hanging off of the wire windows there. You heard him right. Inmates from the Miami Federal Detention Center. Yelling from their recreational space across from Ryan Ray's apartment building. Ryan recorded this video Monday from the pool deck up on the 15th floor. Now it's hard to make out what the inmates are yelling, but the whistling and the intended targets are very clear. Ryan tells me he moved in a little more than a year ago, now pays $2,700 a month for his two bedroom unit. The girls walk out the balcony and they're
0: like, guys are like, yeah! So it's just, it's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> Every yeah. time you go to the pool, it's like Kelly Bundy walked out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right?
1: Yeah. Oh, gosh. No. That was so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I guess you put up some trees. Like, that's what you do if you have a, a, a pool in your backyard yeah. and the neighbors are looking. You put up some trees or some sort of a, a shield or something. You can't blame those those inmates. No. They ain't not seen something like that in a long time. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I'd ask the fellas to head back into into the uh, cell Some block. Of those
3: gals in Miami me, too, man. I'm gonna
1: need a few minutes on, on my own here, fellas.
3: <laughs> yeah, dude, that, that's a that's a, a new case. Yeah, you talk about the amenity of the apartment complex, but that's the that's an amenity at that prison right there. How about yeah, it? That's, a- that's a- when you want to get transferred. A- you get locked up in
4: Miami
0: Gardens, oh man! <laughs> hey, it goes down around noon, bro. It goes down. <laughs> uh, I met a few pen pals. <laughs> Let's see. Let's go to TMZ. The messy zone. They were talking about the UFOs that's been popping up lately. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they had an Air Force pilot on, Ryan Graves. He's seen these UFOs, and he's on uh, TMZ to talk about it. Do you guys believe that they are maybe extraterrestrial? No,
1: I think it's a clandestine uh, government agency that's doing some spying up there, and the
0: rest of the government doesn't know what they're doing. Which Okay, so which government would you think it comes from? It's definitely not ours, because they would have to come tell somebody at some point. This is everywhere. Yeah, they're all over our all They're all yeah. over the place. So whoever you are, you would have to tap somebody on the shoulder and say, hey, we got this going on, just so you know. So there'll be some type gonna of explanation. I'm going to blame Russia. I'm
3: gonna blame Russia. No, it's, there's green people with long fingers doing these things, man. The, I hope so. Yeah, I hope it's the you Abenanis. Know,
1: what, what's cool about it is if it is aliens, we're blowing their stuff up and they're cool. They might not know the language of violence. They might just be like, oh, well, our stuff blew up. I guess they're confused. Put another one back there. You know, <laughs> I think this is a clear sign. I hope so. They don't want the smoke. <laughs> they're either scared of us or they're nonviolent. They do. let's open up lines of communication. Yeah, they, I think they're coming to peace, Chief.
2: That's a good point. Or are they're they figured out that, like, I think they shot one of the missiles and it
0: missed. Yeah, it missed so one. So they're, uh. they're
2: probably feeling like these guys aren't very accurate yeah, nah, with yeah. the yeah. missiles. Uh-uh. So we really don't have to, like, we don't have to go yeah. full on warfare. Yeah. yeah, we're a non-threat. Yeah, we don't have to yeah, go full on warfare with these guys. Yeah. They're,
1: They're like
0: cool. a great white looking at a snorkeler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they just come up and touch us and juice us. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he goes uh, Air Force pilot Ryan Graves. Because you yourself have seen these unidentified flying objects, and I remember you saying that the reason why pilots didn't talk about it much is this is a reputationally based kind of job being a Navy pilot, and when you're in the military, people might think you're a little bit crazy if you start talking about it, but it sounds like Pilots are now talking about it.
2: Yeah, it seems like they are. Um, back in 2014, when we had these issues, there was no type of reporting process or pipeline or really public conversation uh, on this other than your your typical kind of uh, alien jokes and things of that nature. I think it just kind of goes to show how the conversation has evolved. Um, this isn't necessarily that um, something that's in the faraway realm of, of science fiction that we've kind of portrayed it in the past. Um, the bottom line is there are unexplainable things in our atmosphere. I've been saying it for a number of years because I've witnessed it. Uh, and now that we're seeing it on a, on a broader scope, I think more people are being introduced into the conversation and they're getting to the same place that a lot of us have already gotten to that, yes, uh, there is a bucket of strange and we're going to have to whittle that bucket smaller and smaller to really find out, you know, what's at the core of this mystery. I don't mind a
3: bucket of strange myself i no, look into that. That's why Wahlchuck moved out of his mom and dad's. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Need an
1: investigator? Navy sounds like a good career. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. A whole bucket of strange. Is that what you encountered, uh, Lucius? What day to day? That was Utah. That was a trip. Oh yeah, wild in
0: <laughs> Utah, man. Uh, watch out for those sure. UFOs, though. That's my time. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yep. Award-winning
1: edition once again of LA Live. Every night about 540. Three different national NFL voices with big takes on the Cowboys. Each could be its own segment. We're gonna get you all three coming up next year on the fan.
3: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of
2: four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s?
0: You better over here! Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.